Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Health and Hearth. I hope you're all well. So let's get straight in. So I just want to put a trigger warning out there. Um, This topic that I'm going to be discussing today is quite sensitive to a lot of people. Um, And it is anorexia nervosa. So if you're affected in any way by this topic or the topic surrounding anorexia, um, this podcast probably isn't for you. So... um, I just don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable about the topics that I'm going to be discussing today. I'm just trying to spread as much awareness as possible and provide help to people that need it. So let's get straight in. What is anorexia? Okay, so anorexia is an eating disorder, but it's not only an eating disorder. It's very easy for people to be um, swayed in the fact that, oh yeah, this person's got an eating disorder. It's really not that simple. Um, Eating disorders come in various shapes and sizes and I thought it would be best to go from one side of the extreme which was obesity which I did last week to anorexia on the other side of the spectrum because a lot of the side effects a lot of the um, treatments are very similar for both conditions so anorexia is an eating disorder but it's also a very serious mental health condition now those suffering from anorexia, they try to keep their weight down by essentially not eating enough food or eating enough calories that their body requires, or eating the right type of things that their body requires to essentially survive on and to maintain a balanced diet. Um, and some people that suffer from anorexia also overexercise. Um, sometimes it can be a conjunction of both things. Um, a lot of people that have anorexia, they do both in conjunction with one another to try and to try to achieve their goal of being as uh, physically small as they can. Um, so the reason that they do this essentially is, you know, to become skinny and um, it, for some people that suffer from anorexia, it's not just a me- it's not just a thing of oh, I want to be skinny. For some people, they don't see themselves as petite or as quote-unquote skinny already because of the way that their mind is distorted, their impression of themselves. Um, so when people over-exercise and severely reduce the amount of food that they're eating, it can lead to becoming very ill because essentially what they're doing is they're starving their body. And as most people know, the body needs a certain amount of nutrients to survive on. Like you can only thrive as a functioning member of society or a human being if you have all your ducks in a row. So when you deprive yourself of just the common nutrients that it needs, you become, you know, because of as a result of starving, your body does become, your body becomes ill in itself and it begins to shut down. Now, those with anorexia, like I said earlier, have a very distorted or disorientated image of their body. Um, the reason this is, is the reason of this is because they might see themselves as bigger than what, uh, bigger, than, bigger than how they see others, for example. Like I've, I've done my fair share in working in eating disorder wards um and that's been for people that have been teenagers to people that have been 
grown women like in their 80s for example I think the oldest lady that had anorexia that I'd worked with before she was 80 and it just it's a testament to the stereotype of anorexia as well people think oh when you see when you hear of anorexia you think of young models no like it affects men and women alike so just want to put that out there um that is it's not just you know the stereotypical oh young girl that wants to you know lose weight for example um men and women of all ages can suffer from anorexia um but it's most common typically in young women mostly mid-teens now I was watching um this was it I guess it was a documentary ish it was um on Netflix I'll, I'll put it in my um description on my Instagram and I post about this episode um I suggest you go and watch it but it's not actually specifically about anorexia in any way shape or form but it does um but it on the podcast the person that is producing the podcast he does talk about the inflation of teens from a specific age becoming anorexic and having very, these distorted images of their body image around the mid-teen age range and I wondered like you know I've obviously worked in the field for a long time and I just you be, at a certain point you become accustomed to it but um I never really like dug deep and thought about it and it really opened my eyes this this um documentary and he was saying how it was an increase in how accessible social media uh, social media was and still is to young teens it just so happened that you know people that have anorexia increase as along with that so for example let me just put it down um in layman's terms so and uh, this Instagram, for example, te- like the majority of teenagers nowadays have Instagram. The majority of teenagers can follow whoever it is they want to follow because now celebrities are accessible. P- celebrities are putting their lives out there. Whereas before, you'd see a celebrity once a week when the magazine comes out. Whereas now, the celebrity posts on, you know, posts on their stories or posts a picture, they're instantly accessible. So with that, teenagers because obviously of the algorithm and whatever it is that they're looking at, they're a lot more exposed to body image and how they should present themselves. And they, because, you know, mid-teens, they are more susceptible to being influenced in one way or another. And it really doesn't help with celebrities promoting things like um, flat tummy tea or like appetite suppressants and things like that, because it is so accessible for teens to buy now, because, you know, most teens have a debit card they'll just buy it when they see it promoted by someone that they're following. And it's really unfortunate that that's the case. But, you know, this is the world that we live in now. So, um, some of the signs and symptoms of anorexia can be missing meals. That's one of the very classic, classic ones. Missing meals, eating very little or avoiding foods that they see, that can be seen as fattening. So, Things like chocolates or chicken, well, fried chicken, or uh, so for the for a lot of people that I worked alongside that had anorexia, things like um, nuts they try to stay away from because even though it has a lot of health benefits, 
they're quite fatty in themselves. Um, it's healthy fats like avocados, but because of the fat content, they just stray away from it entirely. So when I say avoiding foods, it can be food in general. There's a lot of people that suffer from anorexia that just avoid all food completely. But um, in the beginning stages, they try and cut back what they deem to be unhealthy foods. Um, some of the other signs and symptoms are, I've got it written down here, uh, believing that they're fat when they're at a healthy weight or underweight. I put those in quotes because <laughs> I like I think I've made it clear what my stance on those terms are. Um, taking appetite suppressants, like I mentioned earlier. Um, some of the symptoms, yeah, like period stopping. That's a very, very, very common one that I want to may bring awareness to because a lot of people don't understand that when you put your body through such duress it will shut down and as a result of it shutting down as a woman or a female um your body will stop having periods and that's because your body's trying to maintain as much as it possibly can so it can't sacrifice the blood that you know you'd naturally use to have periods because you're in such ill health so that's that um lightheadedness that's another one hair loss and dry skin dizziness um some people like another sign of anorexia is taking laxatives um and the last one that i've got written down here is making themselves sick now that goes into the field more of bulimia and all that kind of stuff um and I'll be talk you know touching on that another day but one of them like some of them out of what I've mentioned most of the um common uh signs and symptoms that I've noticed myself through the years of work that I've done with people with eating disorders are missing meals you know avoiding what they classify as unhealthy or fatty meals or fatty foods um taking appetite suppressants because it's so accessible they just buy it it's just i mean for a lot of people they you like you can just type it into amazon now and it's there then and it's like it's not just pills anymore they like appetite suppressants come in so many various shapes and forms now they have appetite suppressant teas they've got lollipops i saw a chewing gum and i'm like this is insane because not only is it not a trustworthy form of weight loss, it's not sustainable, it's not healthy in any way, has no nutritious value in whatsoever. It doesn't benefit anyone's life in any way, shape or form. But yet, because of society's viewpoint on what you should look like, hundreds and thousands of people are taking hundreds of thousands of people are taking appetite suppressants to achieve a specific look but there we go it is what it is um what else i've got so yeah so there's a variety of signs and symptoms that i've not mentioned already but people that are going through it will know or people that know people that are going through it will know exactly how it feels because it's all under like everything else falls under the brackets of the symptoms, signs and symptoms I've already mentioned, um, but I'm not going to go too deep into that. Uh, for the best chance, though, of recovering from anorexia, 
my my advice is and always would be to seek help and support from friends, family members, anyone that you think is supportive, teachers, lecturers, you know, neighbours, if you're close with your neighbour, your grandparents, whatever it is, seek help and support. But most of all, speak to your GP. Now, I know in times like this, it is very, very difficult to even get it to even be seen by a GP because of the whole triage system. But I, I just can't advocate more for GPs. Like, honestly, they're there for you for reasons like this. And because like they're literally the calling point to everything else in your life. So if you need them, book an appointment. Just go and see them. Tell them what you're feeling. Tell them what you're thinking. And I promise you, they will provide the help and support that you need. Um, some of the things that, some of the questions that they would ask you, this is the GP I'm speaking of, um, some of the questions that they'd ask you when you do speak to them, um, are what your eating habits are, um, they probably will take blood tests, um, to ensure your, well, I've got it written down here, to ensure the weight loss isn't due to any underlying issues. Now, I actually, am one of the places that I've worked this was this was donkeys years ago um just outside of London and a lady was admitted to obviously the hospital because you know she was diagnosed with anorexia this was a young lady I'm speaking of the mom obviously she had I think she had three daughters or four daughters or something like that and um she was really worried she was like oh you know this other daughter of mine she's getting really skinny this and the other she's following her sister's footsteps and I said to the mum, I said, you know, honestly, I don't think you have anything to worry about. But, you know, obviously go and see the GP. I've been advocating for the GP for a very, very long time. Turned out it was just, I actually can't remember what it was exactly. But after blood tests, I think she just had some health issue that made her lose weight rapidly. She was eating the same as she normally is. She was happy with her body image. Well, not happy with her body image. No one really truly is. I think everyone at one stage or another in their life feels like they should be bigger or smaller or would change this or or, or amend this or this, that, and the other. But the daughter wasn't suffering from an eating disorder. In, you know, in all sense of the word, she was fine. She just had an issue with another part, like another area of her health and after, after the blood test was taken, everything was rectified. Um, but that was, um, that's probably another thing that they're going to do. Make sure that they do blood tests just to make sure everything's okay. Um, when you do see the GP, you may be referred to an eating disorder specialist. Now, this is what deters a lot of people from actually going to see the GP in the first place. But... The way I can, like, the only way I can phrase it is everything that the GP does recommend or the GP does is to benefit you. There is no hidden agenda. They're not going to, you know, try and knock you up and throw away the key or anything like that. They do it in your best interest. So at whatever age you are, they're just, they literally are just trying to help you. Um, That's all that I can say. Um, It can be hard to admit the problem a lot of the time and to ask for help so there is a charity that I found they're called beat um the adult helpline is oh zero eight zero eight eight zero one 
0677. So that's the helpline for BEAT. It's a charity for, you know, eating disorders and things like that. Um, they have specialists that work specifically with anorexia and things of that nature. Um, so give them a call. They provide impartial advice and things like that. So that's the helpline number for the adults. Okay. So they have another specific youth helpline that, you know, is like I said, for youth, like it's specifically targeted for the youth because a lot of the time the issues that um youth suffer from in terms of anorexia can be completely different to the issues that adults suffer from that suffer from anorexia so the youth helpline is 080-8801-0711 so if you're worried or you have a friend or family that that you think has anorexia or suffer from anorexia let them know that you're worried you know um, and encourage them to see the GP as much as possible. In this day and age, it's not possible to, you know, have a friend follow you to the GP, obviously because of the restrictions and social distancing and things of that nature. But as much as you can help and support, just try and do that as much as possible. It's a very tricky thing to just admit that, you know, this is my problem and I want to get better. A lot of people don't recognise the problem in the first place and, when they if they do or when they do they don't want to get better so it's really tricky so if you do have a friend or family member that you think is suffering from anorexia show them your love show them your support make sure that they know that you're there for them to help and support them if they need it um because ugh, things are things are just terrible in the world as uh, as like as we know it already so just try and spread the love try and spread the awareness and it might take some time, but just make make them aware that you're there to support them. Okay, so some of the treatments are CBT. So CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, another source of treatment is here we go. I've got them written down. Some of these ah my English. I was born here, but some of these words are not easy, man. Maudsley Anorexia Nervosa Treatment for Adults or Specialist Support oh, or Specialist Support Clinical Management. Okay, so that is a source of treatment, but it's specific. That's why it's a lot longer and has just too many terms. Um, these kinds of support can be provided in a clinic or not in a clinic. Um, if someone's admitted or not, um, for people that aren't admitted, obviously, you know, there's therapies and treatments that are undertaken through things like teams, for example, just because there's a pandemic out there doesn't mean that the resources are. So if you were to go to a GP, tell them this is the issue and, you know, you're a consenting adult that, you know, if you, even if you do want to admit yourself, the support is there for you face to face. But if you didn't and, you know, you want to stay in the confines of your own home, for example, um, the treatment is accessible via things like Teams or Skype. And you can actually have that interpersonal connection with a person that is a specialist that can actually help you and guide you and set up a care plan that will most that will best benefit you. Um, so those are uh, just a couple treatments. Um, I just want to mention everyone's recovery time and everyone's recovery journey is different. 
and the treatment that the GP would recommend to you or your specialist would recommend to you will be tailored to you okay so if what I what I notice is a lot of people that suffer from anorexia because they're on different plans than other people they think that they're being penalized or they're being attacked and that really is not the case everyone's story is different so if someone is for example on a higher calorie count meal that's because the GP and the specialists have tailored their care plan in such a way that that's what they need to benefit them so and if someone you know for example was admitted and discharged in a hospital within the space of two months or three months that's their own journey it's not it's not one size fits all kind of thing um and in in the best way possible like providing a holistic approach to everyone to every single person that has anorexia it's best to be tailored because then you know that the help and support is specific to you and hopefully at the end of it well that I put that in quotes as well like there's lights at the end of the tunnel so you know that you're not going to be alone um so here we go what else I write down here um each person okay so here considering support like depression and anxiety okay yeah so that's a perfect example so let's say for example when i mentioned earlier someone was discharged admitted and discharged from a clinic for example um within three months and someone takes two and a half years It doesn't, like, there's no success story here. It's just everyone is different. Some people, like I said earlier um, in the podcast, it's, some people can be suffering from anorexia alone and that could be their main source. But some people can suffer from anorexia and depression. Do you know what I mean? So earlier when I said it's not just an eating disorder, it's a serious mental health condition, it's because for a lot of people, it isn't just anorexia. It is a serious mental health condition. And, you know, what I like about BEAT is that they actually do bring awareness to this and the help and support that they provide is outstanding. Like, they are actually amazing. They're heroes with no capes, honestly. Um, So, if you're over 18, talking therapy might be recommended. Um, This is one of the types of therapy that some it's really hit or miss for everyone is different but because I've had quite a few different reviews um from these from people that have undertaken talking therapy but for the most part it's kind of like a 60 40 like pro talking therapy so you know it's not for everyone but um yeah it's you know it's everyone's different you're just gonna have to try and see so this information I'm going to read out now is from the NHS website. So some of the health risks of anorexia. All right, so long-term anorexia can lead to severe health problems associated with not getting the right nutrients, brackets, malnutrition, like I mentioned earlier. Um, going to scroll down. Possible complications include... Problems with muscle uh, muscles and bones, including feeling tired and weak. That's uh, osteoporosis, fertility problems, loss of sex drive, problems with heart and blood vessels, including poor circulation or irregular heartbeat. Um, this is actually very interesting, actually, because when I was working on um, 
eating disorder wards, one thing that we had to do very well, quite often actually, is um every client's vital signs. Um, some people are care planned to have their vital signs checked a lot more often. Some people aren't, but because of the way that your body is functioning in an anorexic state, it's vital that we check, like we keep on top of your um, vital signs because things can go left pretty quickly. Um, so that's interesting. Low blood pressure, heart, uh, heart valve disease, heart failure, swelling in the feet, hands or face. Um, and I've got this word in brackets here called edoma. Um, I think, I, well, I don't think I know that that's when fluid builds up underneath your um, skin and makes it look like it's swelling. Um, problems with the brain and nerves includes fits and seizures, well, fits, bracket seizures, and difficulty with concentration, on, uh, concentration and memory, kidney and bowel problems, having weakened immune system or anemia. Um, and some of the causes... Here, okay, so this is also from the NHS website I've got here. It says, we do not know exactly what causes anorexia and other eating disorders. You may be more likely to get an eating disorder if you have, you or a family member, oh, sorry, you, you or a member of your family have a history of eating disorders, depression or alcohol or drug addiction. You have... This is the second point here. Um, you have been criticised for your eating habits, body shape or weight. You're over-concerned, about, uh, you're over-concerned with being slim, particularly if you also feel pressure from society or your job. For example, ballet dancers, jockeys, models or athletes. Um, you have anxiety, low self-esteem and... Uh, an obsessive personality or a perfectionist. Um, you have been, and the po- last point that's written down here is you have been sexually abused. Now, these are not, uh, these, these are not, I'm not going to say this in the sense of everyone that has experienced all these things or everyone that has gone through all these things are going to be anorexic at some point. That is definitely not the case. But what I, I'm assuming what they're saying there is a lot of people that have anorexia already may have anorexia due to some of these issues. Now, during my experience and my years that have worked and the years that I've worked with people with anorexia, the majority of them have very similar symptoms. I can I'd have to admit, you know, um, but obviously, like I said earlier, it's not one size fits all. Everyone's journey is different. Some people may not have any of these causes but still have anorexia some people may have most of these causes but still have anorexia so it's like it's kind of you know like I said everyone is different everyone goes through different things in their lives and the best thing that I can always advocate for is getting help seeing your GP um so that's it for today I hope you you know hope this was informative to you I hope you got what you needed from it um, I'll be putting most of the information in my description box under my Instagram post. It's at health underscore hearth. Um, so I'll see you over there. Bye.